welcome to Activity Quest, the podcast that's packed with things to do. This week, Chris Fritton is chatting to us about letterpress printing, Sean's speaking to the team at Kew Gardens about some seasonal sightseeing, and George is off to Disneyland Paris. Episodes of Activity Quest always start with a fun kids presenter getting out and about and discovering what is happening near you. This week, it's something you can do no matter where you are. And it's something that our guest, artist Chris Fritton, has done from almost everywhere. Here's Adam with more. Thanks, Bex. Now, have you ever fancied travelling around the country? Well, we're about to chat to somebody who has done just that. His name is Chris Fritton. He's also known as the itinerant printer, a word that means working whilst moving around. It's a modern take on something that's been done for centuries. Chris has travelled all around North America, which is where he's calling us from right now. Chris, I might have just given the game away a little bit, but tell us where you've travelled and also why. What is it that you do? So for the last five years, I've been travelling all around North America Canada, the US, and visiting different letterpress printers. And I've visited over 200 shops at this time. I've covered over 100,000 miles. And while I was out on the road, I made over 20,000 prints. But we might want to tell people what letterpress printing is. Yes, please. So this this technique, what is it? What, what, what does it involve? What do we do? Well, All letterpress printing is relief printing. So you're printing the surface of a block. It's a lot like a stamp. That's the best way to think of it. And those blocks can be made of any kind of material. They can be made of wood, they can be made of metal. And the materials that I work with most often are called movable type. So each one of those blocks has a letter on it. And if it's an image, we call it a cut. And then we assemble all those pieces into what's called a form, We put some ink on it, we bring a piece of paper on in contact with it, and then we print it. So letterpress printing is relief printing and printing the raised surface of a block, and you use a form to make a print on a sheet of paper. This marries so many incredible things for me and for Activity Quest. Travel, we've got making things. And as you know, Chris, I know you're a fan of the podcast. Uh, if It's all about getting people active, getting people doing things. So if somebody's listening at home and they want to have a go at letterpress printing themselves... What kind of things could they try? They might not have access to a to a letterpress, but I'm sure there's got to be something that we can do, Chris. Absolutely. I think there's all kinds of different things that you can do. The one thing to remember is that your type or your cuts can be made of anything. So they could be made of wood. They could be made of linoleum. You could use a potato. A lot of people are familiar with potato prints, and a potato is something that's really easy to carve a shape or a letter into. And the best way to set yourself up is find something that's easy, like a potato or anything else. Uh, Sometimes I have people use rubber erasers. And if you have the right tools, you can carve into those and create yourself an alphabet, what we would call a font or a typeface. And once you have all that, then all you have to do is ink it up and basically stamp it onto the paper and you're ready to roll. And the best thing about it is that it's infinitely recombinable. That's the cool thing about movable type. So if you set yourself up a whole alphabet, you can rearrange those letters really infinitely to spell out anything you want. And then you can create your own posters and everything else. Now for other people, I think there's some really great options to get involved because in most cities all around uh, America and Europe, there are letterpress shops that are community-based. 
So if you're really interested in this, you can go visit those letterpress shops. Often they're called book art centers, and you could get involved there and you could use real type and real presses. I absolutely love your work. For people that haven't seen it, it's full of color, it's full of life. And I know you you have said in the past that you like your, your work to retain a certain element of mystery. It's not always clear how it's made, but tell us what kind of thing can we expect out the other end? So this is what's really interesting is that letterpress printing is how all books and magazines and newspapers would have been printed for the last 500 years or more before we had modern methods. So a lot of letterpress printing is really traditional looking. It's how the books and magazines and newspapers were made. So it was primarily black and white. It's primarily just text. But the work that I do, I try to modernize letterpress printing using brighter colors, different palettes. And a lot of times the work that I do is abstract. So instead of just reading like the page on a book, I might just take shapes and forms and colors and put those together. And then I use those to make gig posters for bands and event posters and all kinds of other things. So I'm not just printing books or newspapers like they used to. I'm trying to take letterpress printing in a new direction. And I do like when things, um, you know, do have that element of mystery. Like you said, a lot of times when they're abstract like that, someone wouldn't assume that they're letterpress printing. Chris Fritton, artist, traveler, letterpress king, activity quest superstar. Thank you so much for talking to us. If people want to find out more about you and see some of your work, where's the best place to do that? Oh, thanks, Adam. That's been great. Uh, I really think that the easiest way are a lot of my social media channels. Everything's under Itinerant Printer. So the website's itinerantprinter.com, Instagram's Itinerant Printer, and TikTok's Itinerant Printer, too. Thanks, Adam, and thanks to Chris, too. And remember, whatever you get up to, whether it's printing or something else entirely, we want to know. You can leave us a five-star review wherever it is you're listening to this, or get in touch at funkidslive.com slash activityquest. Someone who's done just that is Geriatric Prime on Apple Podcasts, who says this. Lily here. Bex, it was super awesome meeting you in real life. I was looking forward to it for so long, and it was everything above what I expected. Best late birthday treat ever. Also, last Monday, I started year six, and my new teacher is so great. Please give a shout out to Goldcrest Class. Well, Lily, oh my goodness, thank you so much. It was great to meet you too at the big Fun Kids Bookworms live event. I had the time of my life and I'm glad you enjoyed it. I've also heard it was your brother's birthday on the 16th. Sorry we missed that. So here is a late happy birthday to him. Happy birthday! There we go, that should, that should do it, right? Yep, good. And remember, you can leave us a five-star review wherever it is you're listening to this or get in touch at funkidslive.com slash activityquest. Here's what else is happening across the UK. Ding, ding. Welcome aboard the Ghost Bus Tours, you poor soul. It's the UK's only comedy horror theatre sightseeing experience on wheels. Try saying that fast. The Necrobus has been in public service for over a decade now, running numerous haunted tours daily of the best of London, Edinburgh and York. The Ghost Bus is a classic 1960s routemaster, ask your grandparents, painted black and decked out with antique lamps and plush red velvet curtains. The tour's suitable for ages 7 Plus and theghostbustours.com is the place to book. 
In November, leaders from all around the world will gather in Glasgow to chat about the future of the planet in the COP26 climate change conference. At the other end of the country is the Eden Project, part science experiment, part museum of plants. We've actually had the founder, Sir Tim Smith, on Activity Quest before. Walk amongst plants in huge biomes, their big climate-controlled domes, and learn how plants and trees can help stop climate change. EdenProject.com And the latest issue of Girl Talk magazine is out this Wednesday. It comes with a cool clipboard, awesome gaming stickers, hair ties and a new Krakamal pencil topper for you to keep and collect. Inside, celebrate girl power with Little Mix and check out the reasons they're so amazing. And if you fancy cooking up some treats for your bestie, they've got a recipe for cute cookies and you can decorate them to make them look just like you. And as if you need any more reasons to love Billie Eilish, they've got ten to prove just how amazing she rocks. Plus, on-set secrets with Sam and Cat, puzzles, quizzes, and so much more, all inside Girl Talk magazine, which is out on Wednesday. Remember to check before you travel and book in advance where you can. And whatever you do, tell them Activity Quest sent you. One thing you could do this autumn is pay a visit to Kew Gardens, because if you go down to the woods today, you're sure of a treat to find. It's Sean, we're on the Activity Quest podcast, and I'm very happy to say that we have Katie from Kew Gardens chatting to us today. How are we doing, Katie? Hi there, Sean. Yes, very well, thank you. Lovely to be invited on the show. How, how are things down at Kew Gardens today? Is it, is it blazing sunshine? Beautiful and sunny. It's that lovely kind of late early autumn sunshine. So we're still lucky. It's still quite warm, um, but very busy. Lots of things going on at Kew Gardens at the moment. And I've heard a cheeky rumour that the Gruffalo is going to be making a return to Kew Gardens, which we're all very excited about. Yes, it is. It's actually the Gruffalo's child that's returning. So after the Whoa. fantastic... Yeah, I know. Fantastic. So after the, um, the brilliant success of the Gruffalo um, last autumn, we are following up with The Gruffalo's Child, which is a wonderful story um, written by Julia Donaldson and illustrated by Axel Sheffer. Um, and we're delighted to be doing it again um, as part of our family programme for the, the autumn offer. So is this a new experience? Are there new things on for The Gruffalo's Child Trail? Yes, there will be new things. So we've, um, we try and uh, ensure that we have very limited wastage and the work that went into creating the beautiful carvings that we had uh, for Gruffalo, we're able to repaint them and reuse a few of them and then we're creating a few new as well. Um, in addition to that, we're going to um, take visitors on a slightly different route around the gardens. So the trail is going to be running all the way along the river, starting at Brentford Gate. Um, really, really kind of encapsulating that feeling of being in the deep, dark wood. And the Gruffalo's Child is going to be in a, in a sort of very curious kind of traily kind of way to really try and search for the big bad mouse on that journey. So it's, it's full of lots of little interactive elements, um, sensory elements too, um, but really bringing to life the wonderful story um, and also our amazing landscape as well. What characters could we expect to see or are there any secret characters that are going to be under wraps? We're not being secretive about any of the characters. Um, you will, I can definitely say <laughs> you're going to meet uh, the snake, uh, the fox, um, you're going to meet the owl and you're going to meet the mouse, but in mainly ways you hadn't quite expected. Um, and 
the, what we want to do is really bring the story to life, but also get um, get our younger visitors and families to really just all work the trail together. It's it's about a mile long. Um, it's at Kew Gardens and at Wakehurst, our our site, our lovely Wild Botanic Gardens in Sussex as well. Um, and it's it's really just bringing the landscape to life, but just finding these unexpected little um, elements that you wouldn't quite expect to see. And as well as the Gruffalo's Child Trail, what other things could we do at Kew Gardens? We've got a fantastic log trail. Uh, we've got the treetop walkway. We've also got um, our kitchen garden, which is um, going to be, um, there's going to be all sorts of produce that's going to have been grown that would be great for people to see. Um, we also have our Japan Festival on at the same time as well. So there is a lot going on. There's a lot to see. So I would absolutely recommend it um, to come down and, and check us out. And for those of us who want to go and check out the Gruffalo Trail at Kew Gardens, how can we do it? Where do we need to go to get our tickets? So I'd absolutely recommend if you go to our website, www.q.org, um, and you can book tickets online. Um, the Gruffalo's Trail is actually included in your day entry ticket. Um, and as you know, it goes on for just over two weeks. So make sure you check out those tickets online. Thanks, guys. Now, for the past few weeks, George has been gallivanting around the country to visit some tip-top roller coasters. Len Tester is a theme park ride expert. What a job. And today, we're going abroad. It's to France. Bonjour, Paris. And to one of the most magical places on Earth. Len Tester's ultimate theme park rides. You're listening to Fun Kids. My name's George and I... I'm joined now by our theme park expert. He is a man who knows everything there is to know about theme parks, and that's why Lentester is joining us for Lentester's Ultimate Guide to Theme Parks. We are hearing about some of the world's best theme park attractions, and we've got a leaderboard ranking each of them. So far, Dragon Ride, Go Set Go from Alton Towers, and Tomb Blaster have made a place on the leaderboard. But it's time to welcome Len and find out which attraction we'll be talking about today. Hello, Len. Hey, George. How are you? Very good, thank you. So, hit me. What attraction is going to be taking a place on our leaderboard today? Today, we're going to France, and we're going to talk about Big Thunder Mountain in Disneyland Paris. Ooh la la. Now, let's start with Disneyland Paris because it is just a beautiful place and a well-themed theme park. There's lots of different lands there which you can explore and I think that's something which is so cool about the, the Disney parks is that you've got all of these different lands and you kind of step into the land and you're immersed in whatever the theming of each land is. It's true and one of the things that Disney and Universal do really, really well is they do things bigger and more detailed. So the scale of things, the immersiveness, the detail is so much more in these parks because they've got much larger budgets. Before we get onto the attraction then, can you just explain a little bit about Frontierland and what the theming in that land is and how then the attraction fits into that? So Frontier, uh, Frontierland is based to the American West. You have lots of frontier towns, you've got lots of cowboys uh, and Wild West uh, type theming. The um, the other interesting thing is the Big Thunder Mountains I've been on. Uh, Disneyland Paris is uh, is not only the best, but it's also special because it's on an island surrounded by water. Now I honestly think that this is one of my favorite attractions is yep. not just a brilliant theme uh, themed ride um but it's also so much fun it's a it's a roller coaster for the family but equally it's mm -hmm. very exhilarating um but i think you've nailed it i think the theming is just so incredible you really feel like you're in that 
olden American era and you're really part of this story that's going on and the music and everything comes together there's visuals as you go through the ride right. you see different things pop up it's just a brilliant brilliant attraction the uh, the first lift hill that you go on takes you through a dark cave you can hear bats uh, and then you know once you go past the first lift hill you barrel through mountain canyons you go past fields of cactus uh, through detailed abandoned mining towns Part of the ride runs at water's edge. Again, it's sort of on an island. So as you're speeding past these things, you can see the other parts of Frontierland, like riverboats, for example. And you do all of this in three minutes. Um, so there's there's a lot to see in a very short amount of time. Grade schoolers and teens rate this as one of the best rides in any Disney theme park, regardless of where the park is located. Um, Big Thunder Mountain is uh, universally loved by families. And um, with good reason. And it's very much at home in, in Lentester's Ultimate Guide to Theme Parks. But the big mm -hmm. question is, what's it going to score and where would it place? So let's get down to it. Our criteria is fun and innovation. So then hit us with the scores for Big Thunder Mountain in Disneyland Paris. In terms of fun, I think it's 10 out of 10, uh, and our reader surveys would agree. Um, in terms of innovation, it's not the most innovative ride. Uh, I give a, a bonus point or two for uh, the underwater uh, tunnel aspect of Disneyland Paris, so I'm giving it a 6 out of 10 there. Ooh, brilliant score, 16 out of 20. So just to remind you, currently, we've got Alton Towers Get Set Go uh, at the bottom of the leaderboard. Lego uh, Lands Dragon Ride is in second, and Tomb Blaster from Tressington World of Adventures was at the top, 14 out of 20, which means Big Thunder Mountain. I'm going to put it in right at the top of the leaderboard. There it goes, 16 out of 20. That's going to take some beating. Is there an attraction out there that can do it? We'll have to find out next time when Len joins us for the next instalment of Len Tester's Ultimate Guide to Theme Parks. But for now, Len, thank you very much. Thanks, Len. And thanks to George, too. And just like that, we're done. We've given you stuff to do. And now it's your turn to go and do it. Remember, there are loads of episodes of Activity Quest that you can go back and listen to anytime you like. If you're after some more suggestions, just scroll back in your podcast app and pick an episode you fancy. Whatever you do and however you do it, tell us at funkidslive.com slash activityquest. And remember to rate, review and follow this podcast wherever it is you're listening to it. I'm Bex and this has been a podcast from the UK's children's radio station, Fun Kids. Listen to me on your DAB digital radio, online, on the free Fun Kids mobile app and on your smart speaker. Just say play Fun Kids every weekday from 4pm. See you then. The Space Programme is a Baffled Gab production for the UK's children's radio station, Fun Kids. You can listen to Fun Kids all day on your DAB digital radio, on your smart speaker by saying play Fun Kids and on the free Fun Kids mobile app. You can also listen online and play loads of games, quizzes, as well as find out the latest news at funkidslive.com.